What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Nittany Lions, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here, as always, talking some Penn State football and Penn State sports topics to help take your mind off of everything going on, whether you're stuck at home in isolation, whatever your case may be. We're going to provide you a little bit of a distraction for the next half hour or so. Get you ready for some of the things. Looking forward to the NFL draft beginning on Thursday night. We'll continue to break down some of the schedule for the upcoming season for the Penn State Nittany Lions. And we've got a couple other topics we'll throw into the pot as well. As always, we want to make sure you are staying connected with us as much as possible by subscribing on all of your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes and Spotify. Once you subscribe, please take a minute of your free time and rate and review. It'll really help us out moving forward. And we just genuinely appreciate the feedback and support you guys are able to lend us. Of course, we also want you to always be a part of the show, and the best way to do that is to send us your questions and your comments at any time on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You can check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And don't forget, we've got the Instagram account as well, Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. Still working on that Twitch channel. I'll have that for you very soon, I think. But stay tuned for that. We'll have some fun on the Twitch channel very soon as well. We are also on YouTube, so just go to YouTube and search for Locked On Nittany Lines. Should pop right up there for you. So with all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and get today's episode underway. So I got home from work on Tuesday from my day job, and I spent some time getting a shower, having a cup of coffee. I get settled in, getting ready to put together today's podcast. When I see the news coming across my Twitter feed, I think as it was happening, if not, it was soon after, that Boise State has furloughed their entire football coaching staff for, I believe, the next 10 days. This is a decision that I think is going to be a little bit more the norm for a lot of college football programs moving forward because honestly there's not a whole lot that coaches can be doing right now we all know the ncaa has put a shutdown on all recruiting activity all athletic activity you can still do the uh, the zoom coaching and uh, meetings uh, to whatever extent you can right now uh, but it does seem as though that everybody's trying to save a couple pennies every now and then whatever you possibly can uh, we, I just did a post on NBCSports.com's college football talk the other day about how Syracuse has become one of the latest schools to really readjust their budget in wake of the whole COVID-19 pandemic that's been going on and wrecking havoc on all kinds of budgets right now. Uh, among the uh, decisions that Syracuse made was to give a number of high personnel, high staff members a 10% pay cut, other members getting a 5% pay cut. And among those getting that 10% pay cut was football head coach Dino Babers, uh, men's basketball coach Jim Beheim. And again, this is just something that's going to become more and more the norm. We haven't seen anything regarding Penn State in a similar situation, at least not yet. But I do want to throw out there the other news from within the last couple of days that Penn State has either canceled or postponed all in-person events now through the middle of June. So that goes for summer sessions. That certainly speaks to uh, any football camps that may have been going on in, in Happy Valley uh, over the summer. Uh, so we're looking at mid-June before anything potentially has a chance to come back to on campus at Penn State. And why is that important? Well, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking more and more about whether or not we're going to see college football, uh, the 2020 season, kick off on time. Now, 
We all know that if you don't have students coming back to campuses, you're not going to have student athletes going through practices on campus. Uh, to me, I just don't see how that's going to be a possibility. So uh, we're still looking to see when schools are going to be welcoming students back to campus. As far as we know, Ohio State still has all summer sessions shut down entirely. Uh, so that doesn't speak very well for the prospect of getting a season started underway on time. Again, at Penn State, all in-person events and activities are now shut down through the middle of June. And again, there will be a reassessment a point in time to determine what's going to happen after the middle of June. But certainly things are not looking all that great right now. Now, again, I, I still will remain a little bit optimistic in terms of getting things relatively back to normal. And when I say that, I mean going through and getting college football practices underway when it's safe and you know, secure to do so and responsible to do so. Uh, I'm certainly not ready to rush everything back just for the sake of getting everything back. Uh, the, the whole state of Pennsylvania is still on a stay home order now, I think through May 8th. It was just extended by the governor, Tom Wolf, the other day. So we are still in a holding pattern as far as all college football and things are related right now. So it's, it's frustrating not knowing when things are going to come back. And this certainly uh, is going to be uh, something that we're going to continue to see, not just at Penn State, but again at other schools as well. Like I said, Boise State has furthered their coaches. Uh, Dino Babers in Syracuse, uh, just one of a number of schools that have cut back into the budget and the contracts for some of their high-paid uh, athletic coaches. So again, we haven't seen it at Penn State just yet. I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I still think that um, we're going to see more and more of those kinds of stories pop up the longer that this kind of stuff goes on. Now, again, that we're hoping that there's some light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know exactly how far we have to get to that end of the tunnel, but uh, all I know is right now that everybody is still kind of adjusting to whatever it is we have to do right now. And it's, it's not great. You know, a lot of people are really starting to feel something, uh, they feel the impact pretty severely. Uh, we've been going on for over a month now. And a lot of you guys are probably still stuck at home and just trying to figure out what you're going to do next week, you know, let alone a month from now or two months from now. So the best I can do is just kind of monitor the stories that are popping up there and provide my feedback and provide my opinion and reaction. I am far from an expert on any of the stuff that's going on right now. I'm just telling you how I see it. And hopefully, again, we will be able to get back to some sense of normalcy and be able to talk about some college football moving forward. We're not there yet, but we will get there at some point, hopefully soon. All right, it's time to talk some NFL draft. And we don't typically talk about the NFL or the NFL draft on this podcast. But, of course, this is the time of year when the college football world and the NFL football world really collide and become one. Because we all have a wide range of opinions and, and reactions to everything that's going to be going on beginning Thursday night and it's going to be pretty interesting to see how the NFL draft unfolds this year. Obviously, they wanted to have this big event in Las Vegas as the Raiders are getting ready to move into town. But with everything going on, everything's going to be done remotely right now. And from what we've seen, it's been a little bit of a shaky experience with the trial and error before the, the main event. And hopefully they've gotten all the bugs out of the system. But I think we're all going to be tuning in just to see if there are any snags along the way. 
you uh, have a feeling there will be a couple of mishaps at, at some point in time. Hopefully not, though. Hopefully everything runs smoothly and everybody has uh, as best an experience as possible, uh, both from an NFL standpoint and a college football fan standpoint. Now, on Thursday night, the first round of the NFL draft will be conducted. Again, every team is going to be doing this remotely, and it should be pretty fun to see how that's all played out. And then on Friday night, you'll get rounds two and three. And the NFL draft will wrap up with rounds four through seven on Saturday. So I kind of like the old way of going about this, where you started the NFL draft and you just had it all weekend. But, uh, you know, the push to get the NFL draft in the prime time has certainly paid off for the NFL and their television partners. So uh, there's no reason that that's going to be changing anytime soon. And, And even given the circumstances that we're going about the draft this year, it's going to be kind of nice to have something that we can all tune in to watch uh, together in prime time in live action instead of watching some replays. Um, so I'm interested to see how this all plays out. Obviously, everybody has a different favorite NFL team. My team is the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm hoping that they draft a wide receiver. Speaking of which, K.J. Hamler is going to be on the board. I certainly don't think he's going to be going in the first round. I'd be very surprised if he did. He's much more of a second round, maybe even a third round pick uh, selection. So, hey, if the Eagles come around and K.J. Hamler's still on the board in that second round whenever they draft, I'd be okay if the Eagles want to pick up K.J. Hamler. But we'll get back to him in just a minute. Obviously, when we're talking about the first round on Thursday night, there is one Penn State player that has a decent chance to go in the first round. Now, it'll probably be late in the first round. But Yedder Gross Matos is uh, the top prospect on the board coming out of Penn State going into the season. And the folks over at Sports Betting Dime have pushed the odds for the over-unders on when a number of potential first-round picks are going to be drafted. Now, the over-under for Grace Meadows is actually at 26.5, which would put him, you know, if, if you go with the 27th pick, right now that's currently lined up to be the Seattle Seahawks, uh, would be a pretty, uh, pretty good destination because Seattle certainly could use a new defensive lineman. Coming in, and uh, certainly he would fill a hole there. Uh, I'd be very curious to see how that all plays out. Of course, as I've said before on the podcast, Penn State has a pretty good lineage of defensive linemen. But Gross Mattis has been looking to become the first defensive end selected in the first round since Aaron Maben went into the Buffalo Bills with the number 11 pick way back in 2009. So it's been over a decade since a defensive end from Penn State has been picked in the first round. I'm a, I was a little surprised by that when I saw that. Now, defensive tackle is a different uh, story, but uh, defensive end, the last, last one selected in the first round out of Penn State was Aaron Maben back in 2009. I was surprised when I saw that. Again, um, you know, I think that Penn State has a pretty good stockpile of defensive lineman production. But I was I was stunned when I saw that. Uh, of course, uh, before Aaron Maven was Tomba Ali back in 2006, going to the Kansas City Chiefs. You had to go back to 2003 when Michael Haynes went to the Chicago Bears at number 14. And of course, if you go back to the year 2000, Courtney Brown was the number one overall selection of the Cleveland Browns. So Yana Gross Mattis is looking to kind of start a new trend of some first-round talented defensive ends coming out of Penn State moving forward. It does look like he's going to have a pretty good chance to be selected in that first round. I would be a little surprised if we don't hear his name. But usually when you get down to those last, uh, the last third, last quarter of that first round, it can be kind of hit or miss. You know, some of those players will drop into the second round, early second round. Uh, so we'll see what happens with uh, Yoder Gross Matos on Thursday night. But 
I don't think he's going to have to wait too long to hear his name if he does slip into the second round uh, because he is going to be a pretty good talent right there. Now, we actually had him going around there in the Locked On NFL mock draft that we went through. If you get a chance to go back and listen to that on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, uh, we had a lot of fun with that. I got a chance to do the voiceover for uh, Yeda Gross Meadows to talk about some of the highs and lows that he had. So we're looking forward to seeing what happens with him. Now, again, on uh, on Friday night when we get into the second and third round, I do think that that's where we're going to start to see uh, the K.J. Hamler conversation pop up a little bit. And again, uh, wide receivers have not been a particularly strong position for Penn State, but there has been some recently good uh, picks coming through there. Uh, we, we know that Allen Robinson is the only second round pick uh, since Joe Juravish's back in 1998. Uh, Allen Robinson was the second round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars back in 2014. We did recently, though, see Deshaun Hamilton go in the fourth round in 2019 to the Denver Broncos. And before that was Chris Godwin going in the third round back in 2017 with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I'm sure he's looking forward to this upcoming season, getting a chance to finally play with the one and only Tom Brady. So KJ Hamler's got a chance to be uh, one of the highest drafted picks or wide receiver uh, in the James Franklin era. And that certainly is another testament to the work that has been doing, been going on, I should say, uh, under James Franklin. Remember, you know, a few years ago, uh, Matt Miller of uh, Bleacher Report, and I like Matt Miller. I'm not blasting him or anything, but he had the infamous tweet saying that if you're a position player, uh, suggesting that James Franklin is not the coach that you would want. The recent history, of course, uh, completely debunks that because we've seen some really good wide receivers come out of Penn State. K.J. Hamler certainly has a very good chance to be one of the next ones. And again, if you just go by draft selection, he could potentially be uh, the best one that we've seen under James Franklin. So that actually helps build your reputation, I think, if you're a Penn State and you're starting to recruit a little bit more with the wide receiver positions. You know, we've talked about some of the star wide receivers or the, the talented wide receivers that have left Penn State by the transfer portal over the last couple of years. And they have been significant uh, players that had some untapped potential or uh, maybe wasted potential. I don't really know for sure what the situation should be considered. But uh, when you when you talk about the, the ability to have wide receivers that can go into the NFL draft and go in the second, third, fourth round in the span of three or four seasons, you know, that's a building block for for your program because that's something that you can sell on the recruiting path when you're allowed on the recruiting path, I should say. So we'll see where KJ Hamler goes. If he goes in the second round, that would be fantastic. Uh, you know, if he's still around in the third round, I would not be technically surprised by that, but it should be a couple, good couple of days for Penn State. Now, schools like Ohio State and Alabama, certainly Alabama on Thursday night, they're going to dominate the headlines. But I think if you're James Franklin, you're going to have a good handful of players go through the NFL draft once again. Between rounds one and seven, you're going to see a few players from Penn State get their name called. And that's always a good thing. Time once again to continue our way through Penn State's 2020 college football season. We began our schedule analysis on Monday's episode with a look at the first four games of the season against Kent State, Virginia Tech, San Jose State, and the Big Ten opener against Northwestern. Now, I unofficially have Penn State going 4-0 in those games. 3-1 is my worst-case scenario. But now, we begin the month of October with the next game on the schedule, a big road trip, October 3rd in Ann Arbor against the Michigan Wolverines. Now, 
the last few years that these two teams have played, the home team has had what I'm going to call a decided home field advantage. Yes, last year's game was close, but there's no question that the home field advantage has really played a significant role in how this series has played out the last few years. Three of them have been absolute lopsided results. Uh, Again, last year's was close, uh, but Penn State started off kind of blowing the doors off of Michigan before Michigan battled back. So this year, what do we expect? Well, Michigan is still going to be, once again, a tough team to play, especially when they're at home. You know, Michigan may not have all of the athleticism to compete with a team like Ohio State, but they are certainly physical enough to give a team like Penn State some problems. So I look at this game, and I'll be flat out honest, I think that this is potentially a loss for the Nittany Lions. If not their first, uh, certainly uh, no more than their second loss of the season. So I think Penn State actually starts off the month of October on the losing side of things. Uh, Hey, prove me wrong. (laughs) I'd be perfectly fine with that. But I do think it's going to be another tough spot because I still think Jim Harbaugh is doing a lot of good things in Michigan that kind of get dismissed because of his lack of production against those ranked teams and against uh, teams like Ohio State. Uh, And and Penn State should be a pretty well-ranked team by the time they get to that game. Uh, And maybe Michigan will too. By that time, Michigan will have already gone on the road and played a Washington team that I don't really really know what to make of it, but it is on the road against the Washington Huskies. So I think that this Michigan team could also potentially be undefeated and well-respected in the rankings as well. So there's certainly a lot at stake right here in this game. We're still a few weeks away from even thinking about the college football playoff rankings, but certainly the uh, the tone of this game will be revenge for Michigan, uh, especially the way that last year's game went. Uh, they feel like they probably could have gotten that game. And I do tend to believe that they probably would have won that game if not for the drop pass in the end zone late in the game. Um, you know, if, if they catch that ball, uh, it could be a much different story that we're talking about with last season as far as that's concerned. But you know, we're not going to take anything away from what Penn State did. They won that game. Uh, but I just look at last year's game and I say, you know, Michigan was a, they gave Penn State a good scare, I'm going to say. And, and I certainly feel that, you know, going on the road in Ann Arbor, uh, Penn State may have the better team, but there's just something about that game that I'm, the, I'm not going to say terrifies me, but I, I go into that game with a lot of caution <laughs> and, and not as much optimism as I will maybe the next game. Now, Whatever happens in Michigan, Penn State's going to get a week off. And that'll be good because the next time they play, they're going to play two huge home games uh, against, first of all, the Iowa Hawkeyes in week seven. And then the big one, October 24th against Ohio State. Let's touch on that Iowa game first. Uh, Penn State has had a pretty good upper hand on the Hawkeyes of late, especially at home. I, I do think that that is another win for Penn State. So I think that that puts them at what five and one going into their big matchup against the Buckeyes. And of course, uh, having the one loss against Michigan certainly means that this is a must win game for Penn state. If they are to even think about the big 10 East division, uh, the possible big 10 championship. And then with that very likely a spot in the college football playoff, the season hinges on what happens against Ohio state. You can mess up somewhere else in the schedule, but if you get the win against Ohio state, you get the head to head tiebreaker that becomes monumental in how this division could potentially play out. So we know Ohio State's going to be loaded. Uh, Penn State will very likely be the underdog. Now, if Penn State can get that win in Michigan, all of a sudden we could be talking about a potential matchup of undefeated teams here. 
uh, Ohio State will have opened the season, or I'm so, they will have played on the road, I should say, at Oregon. Uh, they're going to be very well respected. This is, this is a national championship caliber program that the Ohio State is going to have once again this season. I don't think that they come to State College without a loss. Or with a loss, I should. I don't think they come into State College with a loss going into this game. They probably don't leave State College with a loss either, if we're being honest. Ohio State, you know, as well as Penn State, has played them the last few years. And I think if you go back through James Franklin's uh, tenure at Penn State, really the last four or five years, I don't think you can find another Big Ten team that has played Ohio State as close as Penn State has, as consistently as Penn State has the last few years. Yes, Ohio State has lopsided uh, the results in the win column in their favor uh, against the Nittany Lions, but Penn State has clearly been the far more competitive threat to Ohio State on a year-in and year-out basis since Penn State has gotten to the level that they're on right now. But we all know if you want to take that next step, you got to beat the team that's standing in your way. And right now, Ohio State is standing in everybody's way. Now, as far as the playoff picture is concerned, even if Penn State does win this game, it doesn't knock Ohio State out of the playoff picture either, assuming that they win their big game on the road against Oregon early in the season. Ohio State's not going anywhere. This is, Like I said, this is a national championship contender coming into Beaver Stadium. You know it's going to be the whiteout crowd. It's very likely going to be a primetime game. Uh, I know that there's a possibility that Fox puts this game earlier on in the day. And to me, I think that would be a shame because I do think that this is a crowd where you want that whiteout uh, scenic uh, atmosphere to show off on the camera. So I, that, that's certainly the toughest game of the year for Penn State. The good news is things get easier the rest of the way uh, for the, really the final month of the year, uh, the final month of the season. So after the Ohio State game, Penn State actually goes right back onto the road. They got a road game at Bloomington, Indiana. This is a hangover type situation because after a big monster game at home against Ohio State, now you have to go on the road against an Indiana team that always seems to put up a really good fight at home in Bloomington. There's just something about that team and in that atmosphere where they can be a problem. So Penn State has to be very careful in that game against Indiana. Indiana is very capable of putting together a pretty close contest, especially if there's any kind of a hangover uh, for whatever reason from the previous week. Whether you're coming off a big win or you're coming off a real physical loss uh, that potentially can be demoralizing, you know, I think James Franklin has done a pretty good job over his course at Penn State of going in with that week-by-week mentality and only focusing on that particular opponent each given week. I know it's kind of coach speak, but I do think it works, and I think certainly feel like it'll be important in that situation coming off that Ohio State game, win or lose, going on the road against Indiana. Not a game you can take lightly. Not Certainly not a game you want to overlook. So it's very important to get out of that Ohio State game as healthy as possible. Uh, because Indiana, a road trip in Indiana on Halloween, it could be tricky. Uh, but I do think that Penn State gets the treats. So <laughs> coming in to the end of October, I've got Penn State with two losses. I think that road game at Michigan and that home game against Ohio State, they're the two losses that I see on this schedule. Now, a 10-2 season, very much in the fold here. And if Penn State can snag one of those games on the road against Michigan or at home against Ohio State, we're once again talking about another team that could very well be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. But there is still a month left to go through. And I said it does get easier after that Ohio State game. Coming up in Friday's episode, we'll take a look at the final month of the season, beginning with a Week 10 road trip to Lincoln, Nebraska, 
when they will take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers on my birthday, November 7th. So if you're planning ahead and you want to get some birthday presents for your favorite Penn State podcast host, just throwing that out there that my uh, birthday is going to be on that day that Penn State plays at Nebraska. So, hey, just keep it in mind. But we'll talk about that uh, final month of the season on Friday's episode as we finish up our schedule analysis for the 2020 Penn State football season. But well, that'll do it for this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to this podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Whatever your team is, we have a podcast out there for you. So make sure you check out all the other shows on this great podcast network. But if you're an NBA fan, I want to make sure you know about Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Uh, Chad Ford is the latest addition to the Locked On Podcast Network. We're so happy to have him on board, bringing all of his NBA expertise to the conversation. So make sure you check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. That's a great time to be doing that. In addition to subscribing to our podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps, such as iTunes and Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, we genuinely appreciate any additional support you can give us by leaving a rating and leave a review because your feedback does help promote our show with the placement on those various podcasting platforms. So we want to make sure you're providing your feedback and we'll take all the positives and negatives you have to say about us. We want to know what you guys think about the show so we can improve it and keep it going moving forward for you guys. And we also want you to be a part of the show at any time by sending us your questions and your comments to us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. Make sure you like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. And don't forget if you're on Instagram to check out Locked On Nittany over there. I'll have the Twitch channel up very soon. I've got the YouTube channel already up there. Just go to YouTube and search for Locked On Nittany Alliance. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And don't forget to check out my national college football coverage over on AthlonSports.com and NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. I will share the link to our full schedule analysis over on Athlon Sports, so make sure you are following along on Twitter. I'll put that out there for you if you want to get a sneak peek as to what we're going to be talking about in Friday's episode. Guys, stay safe, stay home, take care of yourself, take care of your family, do whatever you need to do right now so we can get things back to normal. And I genuinely hope you guys have a great day today and a great Thursday. And I will talk to you guys all again on Friday.